Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Evangelist Pew, and I just want to share today uh, my experience in living in a shelter. This is part of my book, Making It on Broken Pieces, and this is when I was living in a shelter. Amen. And it's in chapter 18 of Making It on Broken Pieces. It's called The Shelter, Home Away from Home, Living in New Jersey Again. After this big mess of a marriage going sour, I decided to go to New Jersey to be with my family. I had anticipated the fact that they would be a support system for me. Upon arriving, I quickly found out that not only could they not help me, but they needed help themselves. So I decided to get on public assistance, which we some would call it welfare. I had to start from scratch. By this time, I was on medication for depression and anxiety from the severe breakup. Before I had left Virginia, I had already been seeing a counselor for about a year to cope with the breakup. Now what I received from public assistance was $200 in food stamps, Medicaid, and $74 in cash. I had used $58 of it to purchase a bus car every month with $16 left to spend. I would buy toilet paper, soap, and other personal items I needed. Some might say, you can't make it like that. I am here to tell you that I made it just like that. Some months I even had money left over. I was learning how to survive with little or nothing to work with. So I was placed in a shelter by welfare since I had no place to stay. My family wanted me to stay with them in a two-bedroom condo with my two elderly grandparents, mom and son. Sometimes other homeless friends that my mother knew would just drop by for an overnight stay to sleep under the dining room table. I could not stay there. So choosing to live in a shelter was a luxury for me at this time. On December 8, 2009, I was officially a resident of a well-known co-ed shelter located in North North New Jersey. It was famous for the crackheads, the prostitutes, the drug addicts, the rapists, the sex offenders, the peeping toms, drug dealers, and etc. who lived there. Now I enter with my Bible under my arm, my church clothes, my non-perishable food items, and most of all my faith. This shelter used to be a funeral home. It had several rooms on three floors. The men resided on the second and third floors while the women lived in the basement and on the first floor. Most rooms held two sets of bunk beds. I slept on the bottom bunk and I was not doing any climbing. They gave us a narrow locker to store our clothes and food. For our entertainment, we had one TV room with about 15 to 20 chairs to enjoy one TV set. Between the loudness of the people talking and the TV continually running, 
I could not get any proper rest since my room was next to the TV room. The TV room was also the smoking room since they did not allow you to smoke in your rooms. A non-smoker like myself just could not catch a break. As you entered the doors of the shelter on the right was a 50 cent payphone, which rang all the time. Living in the shelter was a rewarding experience for me. I had an opportunity to see what happens to people that are in bad situations like myself. I did not look down on anyone. How could I anyway? I was in the same condition myself. It had nothing to do with drugs because I needed a place to stay too. I had sense enough to begin to look for a church. So I found one just three blocks down the hill from the shelter. I joined and became a faithful member. Later, I even got hired to clean the church. I was making $9 an hour for about 20 hours a week. That was good money for me. I began feeding the homeless every third Saturday of the month. I became highly respected there. They began to treat me like the mother of the shelter. Most of the residents would sell their food stamps at the store to get cash. By the next week, they would be broke and hungry. I would still have about $150 in food stamps at the end of the month. Several times, you would find me feeding the residents. One day, I cooked a pan full of scrambled eggs with cheese, bacon, sausage, and biscuits. I offered it to the men in the house. That was a huge mistake. After they demolished that food, they begged me over and over again to cook for them. Next thing I know, I became Betty Crocker there. I was cooking all the time. On Mondays, we would go to the local food banks if we needed food. The Meals on Wheels would visit our shelter once a week to give us a hot plate. On Mother's Day, I treat the, treated the women by giving them pedicures. I have seen some horrible feet. Oh my goodness. God is good though. After I got finished with each pair of feet, the ladies could wear sandals with polished toes. This was when the women began to respect me. I met a white girl who was suffering from HIV. She and I spent a lot of time talking. She could not understand why I would take the time to listen to her. She had stopped brushing her teeth, combing her hair, etc. Being white, as her complexion was, her feet were as black as tar. She refused to wash her feet or even wear shoes on the dirty floors. She had stopped caring since she knew she was dying anyway. She was a smoker and would drop ashes in my room. I had to talk to her about that all the time. Regardless of all that, she was a living soul. She was precious in God's sight and in mine too. I greatly miss her. I did all I could to minister to her. Around October 2010, I received a voucher for one year to get an apartment. And that was my experience in the shelter and what I call home away from home living in New Jersey again. I hope that blessed someone.